from the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. So much for getting my breakfast wolf down. You good? Hi, everybody. Deep breaths. Inhale through the nose. Exhale. Sorry. Diego made me go up and down the stairs twice in one day. Was your car one of them? Yeah. They're doing some stuff on the building, so we had to go move our cars. Hi. Good morning. Welcome in, everybody. It is the... Your croissant's just going to taste better now. Can we just go to a break right now so I can just eat my sandwich and then we'll just... <laughs> you went up the stairs twice in 10 minutes. It's like just, a just, miracle. Yeah, I know. Well, they put elevators in buildings for a reason, Diego. Come on. Didn't you use the elevator? <clears throat> no, I walked up and down the stairs. Hey, welcome in, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Uh, Braid Gun, Jonathan Swindle, and Mike Singleton decided to come in and show up. Good morning. Uh, and Diego's here. For a little while, I got some disturbing news this morning. Okay, you're you're gonna. We don't lead off with the bad stuff, right? Sure, we do. We get it out of the way, pull the bandaid off. Yeah, Diego's leaving the show. A little upset. <clears throat> of course, he's over there eating a plum. He doesn't hear a word I'm saying because he doesn't have his headphones on, so he could give two bubble bursts about the whole situation. He does. But uh, can you even hear me in there? Are you crazy? I hear you. He gets to eat. So uh, anyway, Diego's going to be leaving and uh, heading off to serve our country. We're losing another one to the United States Air Force. Proud of him. That's two, three, three, three producers we've lost to uh, military service. So that's all good. Yep. I think it's pretty honorable, man. It's a good thing. Are you Are you going in to be a dentist? <laughs> no, nothing. I can't be a doctor. Come on, bro. Sure. You got the demeanor. You'd be the perfect dentist. You're just like cool under pressure. Nothing rattles you. You got a great smile. You you know, easygoing kind of thing. You'd be like that dentist that everyone would be like, oh, my gosh, you have to go see my dentist, Dr. Diego. And not only is he cute, but, oh, my gosh, he's just so nice. <laughs> I just can't believe he's got to cut the locks off. I know. I told him. What he did I say? Right. What did I say? I said, oh, I've got to see that picture. I've got to see it. that boot picture. As soon as he gets out of that chair, he's going to be like, man, this is a bad idea, man. What's it's up, It's 20 bro? degrees cooler outside. What the heck? <laughs> so you're leaving? Lighter. Are you yeah. leaving to go to boot camp next week, or are you? Well, I got to take my physical this week, and then I'll probably be like, Three weeks away, maybe a month away. Really? So where are you leaving in a week? You're shirking your responsibilities here on the show. What's the deal with that? All of a sudden, now I'm mad. It's like, I'm going to leave, but I'll have to leave for three weeks. What the? 
so get stuff together. He's gonna be locked down. He's gonna, he gonna party. Gonna he's gonna party for two weeks. Get it all out. <laughs> is that man. what it he's is? He's gonna go out and have a great time. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think my brothers did that as well. Yes, I think that uh, even when they were uh, supposed to be in lockdown in the uh, motel hotel before they left and jumped on the bus, there was a little <clears throat> celebratory something or other going on inside the uh, premises. So oh, yeah. don't get arrested the night before you leave. Dude, either. just don't. Yes, <laughs> do not do that. Do not do that. All right, well, that's good, man. Uh, have you decided uh, what it is you're going to do? You're going to be a bomber pilot? What are you gonna, uh, Fighter jets? What, what do you do? Well, I'm trying to do uh, air traffic control. There's a job that will last you forever. Absolutely. That is the truth. Well, so would but, a dentist. But, you know, Diego don't like to talk a whole lot, so uh, <laughs> it's going to be kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> I a, say what I got A757 uh, yeah. landing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Go over there, man. <laughs> to that open area over there by that field, there's a good runway spot. Runway two. Right <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's runway two. You're good. You're clear. Am I clear? Uh, I can't see. Whatever it is, <laughs> I'm proud of you. I'm glad you're going to do something that you like. And uh, Hey, he gets to say well, with that job, though, when he's in the Air Force, he'll get to say one thing, and that would be awesome for anybody to be able to say, you're cleared hot. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a good pickup line in a bar. Hey, you're gonna you know, you're bet you're gonna hear. Can I do a flyby? Uh, <laughs> sure, sure. I just Why saw not? that trailer the other day. Yes, Re- requesting a flyby. <laughs> I'd be a negative on the fly. <laughs> well, good on you, man. Just make sure you send lots of pictures. We want to see you throwing up. So anyway, it is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Saying goodbye, Diego. So you'll be here for next weekend, and that's it. I will be here next weekend, guys. And then that's it. We'll have to bring you yep. a Publix cake or something and, you know, let you we'll get celebrate. it. Okay. And this makes me, it. it makes me sad because I probably won't be here next weekend. Really? Yeah. Well, why? Uh, you have your death scheduled for a certain time this week or something? There are some uh, pressing issues in the Great White North that have to be attended to. When you say Great White North, you mean Bluntstown? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Same here. I'm going to be north, too, with Where some big issues. There's Pick- like a whole refrigerator full of bush light all by itself and i'm not doing that two weekends in a row to it where up at home assassa yes sir. Oh, they're way up north yeah <laughs> way way up there you're yeah. killing me, way, way you're up there. Killing me. <laughs> well good morning everybody uh we are the big and wild outdoors uh bill george said he might call in a little bit later on apparently he's battling some sinus issues he's got a little stuffiness in here and he's not feeling very well it's a slight fever well, so. that's when I knew it was serious. He calls me yesterday. He's like, are you in town? Yeah, he called I'm me like, too. And he sounded like, almost like a Batman. I'm like, ooh, this don't sound right. You all right, Bill? I'm not feeling good. I'm like, the meat must have not went too well. <laughs> that's, that's it. I said that. And my, and my wife even said, if Bill doesn't want to come in and talk about the commissioner meeting, he's sick. He's really sick. That is true. Well, you know, uh, he prefaced his uh, text message yesterday at the end with, I'll try to call in and go over the meeting. So it's not like he's giving up the battle, you know, It's uh, or the war. He's just giving up one little battle. But uh, let's just hope it's nothing serious. <clears throat> of course, with the, the Deltas sw- flying around all over the place, who knows? But, you know, he's uh, uh, going to be hanging in there, and we'll see. He should be calling in a little bit later on. But <clears throat> I did wanted to say uh, thank you, Jonathan and Bill George and everybody, for inviting me out to the uh, – the kids' event this past weekend, or last weekend, uh, when did we go? Saturday? Glory, yep. Saturday? Glory, the heart. Was it Saturday? Yep. It was Saturday, Saturday night. 
Saturday night, great food, great people, lots of prizes. Oh, my gosh, man, they auctioned off all kinds did of great I, did stuff. Did I fix your plate right? Yes, you did. And God bless Jonathan Swindle. I mean, I was <laughs> at G5, and he's like, what time are you going to get here? I'm like, dude, I won't probably get there till like 7.30, 7.45, you know. I got to li- I, I, shut I, up. I, I, will, I will admit, uh, Tiffany and Alyssa were like, uh, let's go fix Braden a plate. So I basically held and... They Alyssa was just grabbing and throwing it on there. I'm like, <laughs> you met Braden before, so you yeah. know, go ahead. Yeah, so they were good, and they know my taste. They got nothing but uh, dark meat on my chicken, so it was all good. Girls, I don't know. I don't know if that was a lucky guess or not, but you know how everybody. I don't know what it is with when it comes to fried chicken. I'm a thigh and leg, and that's all me. That. Dark I mean, meat got to go, or a wing. Because to a me, guy. to me, I mean, don't get me wrong, breast meat is good, but it's just they can. With frying it, baking it, whatever, they can dry it out too quick. Yeah, it's too bland. So There's just no flavor in there. Anything fried's good. Well, well that's true because no you're adding fat. What. It's all good. But yeah. anyway, it was a great time. Uh, lots of people there. Saw lots of people from uh, the show and also <laughs> that come in and frequent G5 uh, on a regular basis, getting feed and everything else like that. But, man, they raised a lot of money. They got a, a crud ton of guns that they gave away. I got to go pick mine up. If you missed that event, uh, you better uh, make plans to go and attend it next year because, uh, well, I mean, it literally rivaled like a Ducks Unlimited banquet for the oh amount of firearms they gave away. Well, they tons of them. The that is the only banquet that, and you guys have gone with us before, Mike. Mike and them have. Uh, but it's the only banquet that I've ever done, we've done as a sponsor. When you arrive, there's a gun on the table yeah. for the sponsor. So you guys fight over that on the table. So it's, oh, no. I mean, there's. Just depends on whose signature's on the check. Is no. that what it is? No, it just depends <laughs> exactly on who's there. What it is, buddy. Depends on who's there. Uh, oh, who shows up first? <laughs> yeah. Got to get there early, Lori. I got to get the shotgun. So. Beat out the old man. Yeah, we, got, we got a good one this year. Yeah, you guys did good. They are 12 gauge. And uh, thanks to all those who attended. It was a, a great and wonderful fundraiser, and you're doing a great thing for a lot of great kids. And uh, next year, start your uh, your quest to go and be a part of it at the uh, Sportsman's Expo. We'll talk about that a little bit when we come back from break. But the ladies there were giving away guns there as well. And then, of course, that transferred over to the banquet, which was very successful. So, Yep. Anybody who attended, thank you so much for coming out. It was awesome. All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. Stay right there. We'll be uh, right back real quick. Hold on. Hold on. Good morning, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brain Gun, John Swindle, Mike Singleton hanging out with you this morning. We finally pulled him away from Homosassa. How are things up there in uh, Homosassa these days, man? Red tide on the uh, canals? What's the Zero. deal? Are you clean? What? Nothing out what there. What did you just say? Zero. You're a liar. Nothing out there. Yeah, we have a red tide report from a person who's actually been on the water. Nothing. Nothing on there? Well, I was scalloping last weekend. There wasn't one dead fish. They're saying it's going that way, so gloom and doom headed your way, man. 
the end of the world for you out there no. at home in Sasebo. Yeah, you, you know what drives me nuts? And you were talking about you've been talking about it for several weeks because I'll say this, and I have people who have asked me this of social media. I don't look at it as much as I used to, just because. Well, frankly, I'm trying to catch up from everything I'm behind on. But the other thing is, like, I started noticing what you were saying about people posting the videos and the pictures and all that. Mm -hmm. And I actually sat there and watched them for a minute. And it's like him and Bill and everybody else has said to me, all I'm seeing are these videos of dead pinfish, greenies, I mean, what it looks like, I laughed. A few and told fish. Some, well, but like I told somebody, what it, what it looks like when I had my boat and we would go out fishing and pull up into Maximo or something at the end of the day and guys are dumping their bait wells. I mean, it's. I'm Bill just, George and I sat here in the studio one time and did the math. You have one guy that goes out every single day, maybe twice a day. You throw a cast net, how many fish do you think you pull up there? A couple of hundred? Let's just give it a crazy number and say 500. 500 of those you dump into the live well. You may use a few of those. You may go through 100. You may go through 150, you mm-hmm. know, batting them and, you know, use them for chum and everything else like that. <clears throat> At the end of the day, if they die off, what do you do with them? Chuck them back in you the water. Chuck them back over the side. Yep. Well, if you're throwing back... I'm not saying everyone does that and not all of them die, but if you take an average of anywhere, let's just take the low number and say 500. If you're throwing out 500 dead fish per boat twice a day, that's 1,000 fish you've thrown over the side. Yeah. If there's 150 guides out at a certain time at a, doing their thing, throwing out that many, not counting recreational fishermen and everybody else like that, that means on every any particular day there's probably over 50,000 Dead fish floating around out there that have ended up out of well, a live well or a right. cast net or a pinfish or a one that died. You took it off the hook, threw it over the side. I mean, it happens. If you think about it in those numbers, it's staggering when you think about it. And then when you see them all in a raft going across Tampa Bay because of red tide, it has an impact on you. But when it's spread out all over the place and 100 here go out here, 500 go over here, 700 go over here, 1,000 uh, in a the Christmas tree, the twelve foot net that you now have to scrape a thousand cigar minnows out of, right. or in uh, or Spanish and throw them over the side. You don't see them. Well, but not you only, don't see them. At not all. only that, I mean, look at the birds, the pelicans, the seagulls. Oh yeah, they'll, the, they'll come in and gorge on those yeah. things, man. But but uh, it's good to hear that up there, you know, in the canals back there, up around Homosassa, that it hasn't yeah, really been, affected you guys up you there. Know, like my canal. No dead fish. You come out of the canal, no dead fish. You're going out into the, the gulf and no dead fish. And like I said, we went out scalloping last weekend, and you, you, there's nothing out there. Oh, there's nothing oh. dead. Yeah, I mean, Bill Burkett went out there with his boys. Just Clean F- water FYI, out there. Clean it. The, the bow fishing rigs are on the way and everything else, so there's fixing to be a lot of dead fish in Homosassa. Oh. Well, <laughs> that, that I can tell you is the funny thing Mother. is when you're heading across those flats to, to go scalloping, I saw so many, so much fish. I mean, alive, alive, and swimming. Correct. The the Chaz is fixing to get wrecked. But if you ask a biologist, oh, it's, you know, this is affecting everywhere. Everywhere's being affected. No, no, that's not true. No, and it's not. And and as Bill George pointed out on this show, uh, quite a numerous amount of times, uh, apparently it wasn't uh, as wrecky-wrecky as they think it was here in Tampa Bay either. I mean, 
I think that I was talking to a guide yesterday who came in and we were talking, and he said, I don't know where everybody's finding this stuff. Maybe I'm just not in the right spot. But he says, but ever since it started, yeah, I found a few. I saw a lot of dead bait fish, but I was still catching fish. But Still catching fish and uh, didn't seem to affect a lot and, of them too much, too and, badly. And my biggest thing is, is it's just like what Bill has said in here. You've said it. You've said it. I've seen it before when I've gone fishing. How many of these fish are, you know, bycatch? To where, like Bill said, you catch them when they're throat catch. They're, 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 well, they're not, like Bill said, they're dying after they're released. Mm-hmm. And I see what cracks me up is, is I see these guys that are the ones screaming about the red tide. And believe me, red tide's bad. I'm right there with you. I mean, we're, and Piney Point we're, does have some blame in it. On, we're so we're not, we're same, not saying it doesn't. Well, don't, don't get me started on that again. But we're all on the same page with that. But. How many of these times have I seen these same people gripe about this and they know, like what Bill has said, about how to handle fish, but then you see a freaking glamour shot portrait portfolio of a snook that they catch or a client catching a snook, and he's holding it this way, he's holding it this way, he's holding it this shot, head-on shot, this shot, that shot. Taking, I mean, it's like a okay. glamour shot. Yeah, and then, <laughs> I mean, seriously. And then you know, it's like here, let me hold here, kids. You get, I want to get a yeah. picture with you. Get it. But yeah. then you watch Next the guy. Thing you know, it's been out of the water well, for about two and a half minutes. Well, yeah. 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 And, but yeah. then you watch the guys on TV that with the Boca grip, they're getting the fish, they're unhooking the fish, swimming the fish. You know, I mean, like, come hey, on, Jonathan. Just, without that glamour shot, we ain't getting our tip. That's uh, right. <laughs> but that's you know, and that's my thing. Is it's like, no, I, I get out. it. I mean, some are like that, some are not. I, I know that uh, Captain Little, great guy, you know, he'll ask you right off the bat as soon as you're reeling it in. He's already thinking, he's like, you want to get a picture of this? Nah, I let it go. Grip, snap, boom, hook, blue, in the water. water. Gone. I mean, uh, it's, well, and even if you're not keeping like, it, whatever, let it go. Well, and even, but even ones like Kevin, when you take a picture with a fish, you notice how, like, guys like him and Brooksy and Lore and all that. How they handle the fish, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, but then you get these other ones that are the first ones that, like you said, have unfortunately been those people who moved here a year ago and all of a sudden decided to become a charter captain. And it's like they're doing all these pictures and you're sitting there thinking to yourself like, okay, you're the first person to rail me into the ground for wanting to keep a fish and you just killed that fish. No, I let it go. I mean, I let it go. I saw it swim away. Don't mind. Again, I've said before, me personally, I'm always good to them. I fillet them, I release them, I let them go off (laughs) for more. You're so nice. You are the most benevolent person in the entire room. I know it is. I know. Stop. You're trying to sell your boat, not get it repossessed, okay? (laughs) Then he takes them home and gently wraps them in a blanket of cornmeal and (laughs) gives them a nice bath. Bacon, something like that. You give them a nice bath. Put them on a nice bed. A little butter bath. Sure. Yeah, it's all good. I I like it. I'm okay. Basting. I will say that if you have not heard the news, there is uh, lawsuits abounding now that uh, there are going to be some lawsuits against the folks at Piney Point on that kind of deal. So all the screaming and yelling and everything else, we'll see what it gets to do because I don't know if it's going to change anything. Uh, damage is done. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Now, they talk about, well, maybe this will stop something <laughs> in the future, you know, to keep it from happening in the future. You, you can't say that. We have hurricanes here. We have rains here. We have sometimes that rain that came through Plant City yesterday, we thought it was literally going to wash the world away. I mean, it was uh, bad. It was, it was bad. A light it, was, show. it was coming down like literally at a 
at a 20-degree angle across the sky, and uh, you get a rain like that, and next thing you know, uh, levees kind of get over. Uh, I don't care how much of a rubber liner you have on the bottom of it. That water's got to go somewhere. And eventually, uh, sad to say that all roads lead to the bay if there's anywhere within an hour or, or I should say uh, a mile of it or whatever it is. If it's in there, it's going to be a part of it. So um, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's a feel-good measure, but, you know, the Department of Environmental Protection of said they're going to be suing Piney Point, um, the former phosphate mining facility that leaked millions of gallons of wastewater into Port Manatee, of course. So I don't know what it's going to do. I don't know if it's going to change anything. It's going to be one of those things where they just say, hey, look, you failed to comply with the requirements for safe operation for the stacks and failed to meet the surface of groundwater standards and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, okay. They're going to write a check for $5 million, slide it under the table, and they're yeah. going to go, okay, you're yeah. good for another 10 years. Well, well. you, you got to remember, too, I'm sorry, but what a lot of people don't know is, you know, they're like, oh, these phosphate companies are destroying our world. They're going to destroy everything. Piney Point, the company that bought that facility, which has already been inactive since 2006. So it's not like they're putting more stuff in there or anything else like that or actively dumping anything else or adding to it. They actually, the company bought this facility years ago, and it's been inactive. So they haven't even been using it. So they're not adding anything else to it. It's just It was a giant storage unit used to wait till that water literally, why do you evaporated. think it was so concentrated? Once it evaporates, the water evaporates, all the nastiness stays there behind. Well, and that but my problem is is that same organization, when these companies like that are looking for alternative ways to recycle, to reuse, to figure out ways that you can use that stuff in a productive manner, guess who are the people that are standing in their way with mountains and mountains and mountains and mountains and mountains of red tape and stopping them to the point to where they can't do anything with it? Exactly the people who are suing them. And that's that's my biggest problem is it, it's like the desalination plants that we built and everything else. I mean, all this stuff that we've done to make the environment better, how much of it are we actually using? I, probably none of it I or mean, anything. Really? Well, just to answer um, Michael's question, uh, the department is seeking $50,000 for each day that the HRK failed to remove water from the site after the alleged agreed upon uh, deal back in 2019, and $15,000 for each day the company did not comply with the water standards and financial assurance requirements, according to the complaint. There's your five million bucks. Yeah. So, uh, and they're saying, well, that's the maximum we can actually, you know, go against them with, and this, that, and the other thing. So, yeah, you're right. They'll probably, uh, you know. Right, uh, stroke a check, and then it'll all be done. Stroke a check, go have a few steaks, a few beers, and we're all good. We'll yeah. see you in a couple years. Yeah, but it'll. It, you know what? The headline says it all, and the headline will be um, the thing that everybody goes, finally somebody's paying for this. Florida Environmental Agency sues owner of Piney Point over massive wastewater leak, and then, that's all they're going to read, and that's all they're going to care about, and they'll move on. 
Finally, justice is done. <laughs> now let's go out and let, do what our HOA requires us to do and put tons of fertilizer yes. on ours. <laughs> yes. If you find one brown oh, I'm spot. I'm over it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. There's a brown spot in your St. Augustine. You're, com- you're coming after agriculture and I, all that. Guess what? I'm coming right back after you. Same so people complaining about phosphate mines out in their front yard. Yeah. yeah. Put fertilizer out. And spend uh, their entire <laughs> weekends on golf courses that use tons <laughs> yeah. of it every single year. Let's go Uncle Ronnie on everybody. Yeah, yeah. Look in that mirror. You know, it was something about it in a book somewhere about a splinter in an eye and a temper in your own. Yeah, something like that. And stones, too. All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. Lots of great deals and stuff going on this weekend. Go see our boy Brooksy and all the good gang out there at uh, Brandon Ford. Get your best deal. Get her done today. We'll be back. It is a big and wild outdoors. Dingo, I cannot believe you're not playing the entire soundtrack from Top Gun during the show today. Celebrating your uh, impending uh, entry into the Air Force, we should be uh, coming back from break from I went to the danger zone. Okay, I mean, that's coming just, in, that is be, just wrong. That'll be next should, week. Uh, next week? Oh, okay. That is just Save it for next week. so wrong. I uh, got cameras. Got to say, uh, yeah. Got to say hello and good morning to a couple of guys listening out in South Dakota this morning. Apparently, they know Michael. Poor bastard. So anyway, they uh, they were texting and uh, during the break and said, "Hey, no, we're listening." No, 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 no. Look, look, just, just, just show, what you, show what him. Show, show him. Me? What was? Show him. What, show him. Let me see it. This is their cameras. <clears throat> okay, I just want to say that, like, they're my favorite people in the world, but I really, really am mad at them right now. This is South Dakota right now at this very moment, or was this? Uh... I guess they just checked their cameras. Oh, um, so anyway, good morning to uh, Wade and Cole. In out South there, Dakota. Out in South Dakota who are apparently uh, checking. We're reaching the masses, folks. We're I'm reaching looking, the masses. I'm looking at some uh, screenshots here from some trail cams. That's some pretty wonky-looking bucks, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they got some super long tines and things like that, but what the, What are these? They're all like uh, cattywampus. They're not uh Yeah, so in other words, what you're saying is they're coals. We need to get them out of the herd? That's true. We volunteer. We'll all volunteer to go destroy the. Uh... <laughs> now this one here. They want to trade some pigs out for some deer. Yeah, this, come on. Uh, this eight point here that's facing the camera, he's going to turn out to be a pretty good looking kid. That one right there. Oh yeah, <clears throat> that one there. Uh, uh, that's a pretty one. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. he's going to turn out pretty nice. Yeah, nice typical basket right around wrap around uh, front. Nice beam. three and a half year old. Yeah, but I like that one, man. That looks. I didn't. I'm sorry. When I picture South Dakota, I don't picture that much grass. Oh, man. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's funny. We were driving out through there, and there's cornfields. And I'm like, my God, what is that? You can see out in the cornfields. It's the way off. These are deer. They're deer are monsters. Yeah. I mean, monsters. Oh, yeah. Those must be the muleys that you're seeing out there no, in the distance. No, whitetails. Their whitetails are too 250 easy. I got them next to a mule deer first time out in Wyoming. That's a big old-bodied deer. I mean, when you're used to shooting 160-pounders, at the most here in the state of Florida, uh, you know, standing there w- feeding cheese puffs to these muleys, you're like, 
Holy mackie, dude. This is a big old deer right here, boy. I'm going to tell you, these guys live and breathe hunting. We get there, and uh, Cole's dropping off his truck at the airport for us to drive the whole time. Oh, what? just move my bow out of the way. Just move that. Yeah, and it ain't even bow scenes, but he's got his bow ready to go. You never know. Seven. You never know. <laughs> you never know when he might need um, it. Pheasant hunting. They pheasant hunt. They do do all the dream stuff. It's amazing uh, how different. Uh, I have a friend of mine who lives in North Dakota, and of course we talked to Benny Spies a few times on the show, and uh, he would really highlight the hunting in his own state, which I thought was really good, a great concept for his show. Instead of going all over to, here I am in Georgia shooting a big old bug, he actually, you know, showed the great things about his own home state. Right. And uh, the diversity that was up there that far north, being a southern kid all my life, you just don't picture it that way. And the first time I ever stepped foot off the plane in Wyoming, I went, okay, this I could see, and, you know, that's all prairie. It's all scrub. There is no grasses unless it's, you know, ripped up, planted, and all right. that kind of stuff. The only time you find any kind of grass patches or anything is, like, up in the forest, up in the mountains, you know, yeah. underneath aspens. So I always pictured North Dakota and South Dakota to be the same way, and it's not. It's, it's amazing cor- how— It's cornfields for thousands and thousands and thousands yeah. of acres. It's I mean, like Montana. The first time I went there, it was like, wait a minute. What the heck happened to Wyoming? Yeah. It's like— uh, Somebody goes, okay, we're going to move a little north of Denver. We're going to keep the high desert going all the way through. And then we're going to do grass plains everywhere. Well, the way I, I, I looked at it when I got there, it's kind of like the old school southern people that we used to have here. You know, when you get there, it's it's weird. You're driving down the road and everybody, hey, how you doing? Yeah, hey, what's going on? Yeah. And then you go to a restaurant and my wife's like, why are you talking to these people? These people are talking to me. <laughs> and they just start talking. And, you know, then when they hear you're from Florida. You know, they got a thousand questions. Yeah, and the first one is, when the hell are you getting out of our state, boy? <laughs> take you up old, here poaching, boy? Take your southern old poacher booty back down southward. You, you, like, you like, like this place? Okay, you're just visiting. Bye. Yeah, get out. <laughs> get your butt out of here. No, but uh, good morning to uh, Wade and Cole. Uh, I guess they're out checking trail cans like everybody else and getting all geeked up for hunting season. When do they start up their, their deer season? I do you don't know? know. I don't know. Wade, uh, Texas, let us know when that starts. Yeah, because we've already started. They're killing some nice deer already down south. I'm, yeah, I'm seeing them. I'm seeing some stuff posted on social media that's like, wow, dude, we're, you know what? I'm going to take credit for this because we've been screaming and yelling for antler restrictions and limits on bucks for and deer for a thousand years, and when they finally do happen, and it just started in a year or two, look at the difference it's made. Look at the difference it's literally made, not only on private land, but also on public land. The deer that we're seeing coming out of the woods these days are nothing compared to what they yeah. were in the 90s or in the early 2000s when, you know, you know, guys got uh, five spikes in the back of the pickup truck. Theirs don't and open until November. November. Yeah. Wait, archery doesn't open until November? I guess that's what he just texted, November. They don't have a early archery? November? Well, maybe they do the same thing as like we do, fillet and release or something. Like that. <laughs> no, I don't don't stop. <laughs> Can you do that with deer? I don't, I, don't, I don't think I've never seen any run off after Digging you. wild outdoors it's called, is not responsible it's called for lipo. any. Uh, they lipo them. <laughs> there's not enough fat for Offenses deer down committed. Uh, well, I mean, I don't, I don't have my computer in front of me, but that'd be interesting to see if it's November. Pheasant season be... starts the third week of October. They do some pheasant hunting up there now. See, so, you know, I'm yeah. That's one thing. Well, that's I when do. it gets cold. It gets a little wintry. It's a little chilly, and uh, you can go walk through those 
corn's already been cut and all I'm, that stuff. I'm, so. I'm down for that. But no, is, there's no early archery season like in September or anything like that? That's not. It's just so weird to me. It's had, just so alien had, to me. I had a guy the other day look at me when I said, I was like, I'm down for that. He goes, he's like, oh, you want to do like a longbow? I'm like, uh, no, uh, Browning 12 gauge. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. You're right. It is earlier. Archery is September. <clears throat> That's what I thought. Yeah. I was like, there is no way you're going to have guys up there waiting around, chomping at the bit till November yeah. <laughs> to go and actually. No, and I said, if that's the truth, then now I can understand the frenzy and the craziness that happens up in Ohio and Illinois and Michigan, stuff like that, where they only have like a week to go kill whatever it is you're going to get. Yeah. If you had to wait till November and you had a week to do it, oh, my gosh, it would sound like uh, the Tet Offensive. Oh, yeah. Seriously. It'd, it'd, it'd like look areas. like a NASCAR race starting. Yeah. <laughs> well, Game Warden in the this, front and everybody behind him. You're sitting in yeah. the woods, and it sounds like you're on the top of Quezon, man. It's like, you know. Been watching that sucker for two months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's gone in an instant. Because as soon as you hear the door, and you hear the door shut, and you hear, oh. Yeah. And you walk out, and you go, what'd you get her? Oh, my gosh. That's that deer I've been watching every two months. It's got nine different shots in it. September, that's good. They get an early bow season and all that kind of stuff. I'm just kind of shocked that, it, it, again, being Southern all my life, that it just it starts that late. When And we shock the world every year when we go, uh, you know, bow season starts in July. And yeah. they're like, what? Talking about what it at the heck? expo. What are you doing? Are you crazy? And it's like, dude, these had a had a guy that here out of uh, velvet. They're already getting in the rig, getting to go rut down south. Come on, man. Had a guy. We had those reactor panels. He came up and bought them. Bought ten of them. He's in uh, Indiana, and we were sitting there, and he's like, "Yeah." He goes, "I got my sailor cameras and all that." He's like, "He goes, these are great. I can plug them in." Reactor panels are what for charging? The reactor panels that I got from Elusive Wildlife. They're made. Oh, yeah. They're okay. made to charge. It's a six to twelve volt panel. Right, and they're made for trail cameras and everything. I mean, they have every hookup for every trail camera on the market. Right, and the guy walks up. Well, of course, he just bought a bunch of the cellular trail cameras, and he's like, "Oh, this is great," you know. And we're sitting there talking, and he was like, "He goes, yeah, they're I think October or something like that." And I said, "Yeah," I said, uh, "Down south starts next month or next weekend, mm-hmm. or excuse me, that weekend." I was like, "It starts." That's right. And he goes, he looked at me, he goes, what? I said, yeah, our bow season starts down south. Today. And he's like, are you kidding me right now? I'm like, I said, no, sir. I said, we go from July till February. He goes, (laughs) yeah, take a couple months off. July till February in deer. I was like, yes, sir. It's a long (laughs) state, man. Takes you. uh, We're broke up into sections. Takes you eight hours to get from here to uh, Pensacola. Come on, man. If you started in South Dakota and drove any direction in for eight hours, you'd be three, four states away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> Seriously. You'd already be through North Dakota headed on to uh, Michigan. You know, I'm going to go over and see the Vikings game. Going to drive over this, uh, Don't this you afternoon. Know? Yeah. <laughs> Give me a couple of sodas on the way. And have a Sobe when I get there. All right. We're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Wait, Cole, thank you so much for listening. Spread the word out there in OSD, man. We want more listeners out in South Dakota. We're brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. Worth the drive from South Dakota to get a nice, good car truck. We'll be right back.
Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome in. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brent Gunn, Jonathan Swindell, Diego, and Mike Singleton, the uh, teenage girl trapped in a man's body. But. Dude, did you ever get off your phone? Jeez, Alyssa, put it down. Hey, keeping I'm, us current. I'm talking to listeners, buddy. You know, we have this thing called a phone. They could He's call here. The fan club. 888-404-1010. They don't want to talk to you guys. Why? Why not? They're talking to you. They love me. And they would fall in love with us. 888-404-1010 if they're brave enough. Which one is that guy that you showed the picture of? Is that Cole or is that Wade? Who Who is That's that? Wade. Wade? Yeah. Wade? Yeah, what do they feed them boys up there? They corn fed some sort there. of uh, some sort of radioactive material up there. I mean, uh, was that his kids that were there in the picture too? Yeah. Jeez. Oh yeah. If I hey, listen, any college scouts that might be listening to the show, just walk around South Dakota with a pen in one hand, and a piece of paper in the other, and just go ahead and just write down perspective. And you, you saw, know, you what's saw your name, sir? What's your name, well, boy? You're, you're you saw how age. big they are, and then yeah. that one little girl right in the middle. Yeah. Imagine the guy that asked her out. <laughs> he's getting killed. Oh, uh, well, he's probably just as big as the brothers. So that's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem, man. They're all pretty evenly matched up there. You know, it's all good. Well, uh, yeah, it was all good. Hey, listen, speaking of uh, lawsuits, I wanted to uh, bring this one up in the first hour just, just, just for... Get it out of the way. And giggles. You know, we have a few minutes left, so I thought I'd bring the debate into the room. I just... The lunacy that's happening around us in this world that we see every single day of our lives and we try to normalize it with our families and kids just by not watching the news or paying attention to what's going on at all. Uh, Just trying to move on with your life so that you don't do as what Glenn Beck says, literally, where your head explodes and you got to wrap your head in duct tape. Yeah, Yeah, uh, kind of thing. Uh, this story, uh, somebody sent this actually to me an email and said, uh, what do you think about this, Braden? And I of course, I wrote back a long dissertation about the whole thing, and I said, hey, you know what? Just listen to the show Saturday. We'll talk about it. And I I had too much to say in letter form, so I figured I'd just bring it on the show. You may or may not have heard this past week that the country, the entire country, or at least the government of Mexico, has decided to file a lawsuit against firearm manufacturers <clears throat> Not just here in the United States, but abroad. So they're suing Glock, Beretta, Barrett, Smith & Wesson, and Colt. And the reason why? Over arms crossing the border. <laughs> so I guess we're trading people for guns. I, right, I didn't know we were doing that, but uh, <laughs> apparently we traded 200,000 uh, firearms for 200,000 people. I guess, I don't know if it's a one-on-one or... I get five people for one gun. I don't know how it, you know, how it breaks down with the U.S. government. Uh, but the lawsuit maintains that the U.S. arms manufacturers, now some of these are not U.S. arms manufacturers, are uh, conscious of the fact that their products are trafficked and used in illicit activities against the civilian population and authorities of Mexico. And that's according to the document that was submitted by the foreign ministry. Uh, nevertheless, they continue to prioritize their economic benefit and use marketing strategies to promote weapons that are ever more lethal without mechanisms of security or traceability. It goes on to say that besides an unspecified damages claim, what exactly do the Mexicans expect the targeted companies to do about lawfully sold weapons 
that find their way across the border. I got an easy fix. We trade one of their people for one of our guns back. We'll just sit there and do the trade-off, and I bet it ends up coming out equal. We'll you be think? fair. I don't know. I don't know. I don't so know if we could do that. So you're suing the gun manufacturers, but yet you have, uh, oh, let's see here, human trafficking, drug cartels. That's who we're suing um, next is the cartel. We're you sending know, their stuff over. I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, they just had a ginormous bust of cocaine down South Florida. You know, it's like I mean, the '80s all over again. Where, I, but I'm sure that didn't come out of Mexico. But it perhaps yeah, could have. I we're don't gonna know. We're going to get Crockett and Tubbs back on yeah, this one. You know, That's right. You know, I mean, I got I, here. I've got friends that work in the border patrol and everything else, and all that. And you're telling me you're going to sue the gun companies when your Jack Wang government is no. The lawsuit also seeks the adoption of tighter controls and sales. Where's the duct tape? Where's the duct tape? And security features on weapons. It also wants the companies to undertake studies and media campaigns to prevent arms trafficking. So I'm going to ask show of hands here in the, in the studio or as you're driving down the road or anywhere else. Don't take your hands off the wheel. If you're driving, both hands up. How many of you uh, law-abiding citizens that actually own a firearm have ever actually uh, snuck one across the border and sold it down in Tijuana? Never been to Mexico, so I can definitely raise my hand. So, been um, to New Mexico. So what you're saying, for, so for what I'm hearing here in the room in the consensus is that these aren't law-abiding citizens who are actually indulging in this activity. Probably the same people that are on the other side of the border who are... Uh, Trading those guns for drugs or whatever it is that they so desire yeah. here could be cash money. I don't know. But so why are you looking at the gun companies as the problem when the problem is the criminal, not the people that are manufacturing? Yeah. The, I noticed they didn't say anything about all the stolen vehicles that are stolen in the United States and drove and sold down in Mexico. Why don't they look at every gun that they find in Mexico? Let's look at the serial number. Oh, that's right. There isn't one. Well, maybe There's, there could be. I but mean, they're still probably stolen. Yeah. If they're stolen or even if they were bought legitimately, how do you know that I didn't sell it to, uh, you know, Billy Clancy over here and then he sold it to his brother-in-law who got it stolen out of his truck and ends up in uh, blah, blah, blah in a pawn shop in New Mexico. Some guy buys it in New Mexico for four or $500, takes it down to Nogales and sells it for $1,000. Uh, you know, I, you know. To me, that just seems like it's a nefarious how, activity. How so. many people do I know that hunt, seeing as you're from Texas, live there, that live along the southern border and all that, and I know that have hunting ranches that will tell you, you don't leave your vehicle unlocked. You don't, I mean, don't leave any possessions in your vehicle. If you see somebody when you're out there hunting, don't approach them because they tell you they're – I mean, they like I said, the code, and we're not talking about the four-legged Cody's, but you know the other ones as far as the Cody's and all the other nicknames that they've got for these runners. That that's their job is just exactly what you're saying, is to cross the border, steal as much stuff as they can steal, and take it back across the border to sell it, trade it, do whatever. Yeah. So like I said, uh, they don't seem to be having a problem with anything else that ends up down in. Mexico that may be used in nefarious ways. I mean, they really, they, I just, I don't know. I think it's, I don't know if it's posturing on their part or, you know, it's part of an agenda somewhere else along with ding, the ding, United ding. States government uh, where, you know, 
you know, now they can say, well, look, we're being sued by other countries now. So, I mean, this is really getting to be an epidemic here. It's really getting to be a problem, which I find very interesting. I, I don't hear Canada screaming about that kind of stuff. Right. right. You know, I, I don't hear them, uh, you know, soliciting the United States government to stop the flow of uh, firearms coming into their country. And I don't see them suing uh, gun manufacturers here and abroad for guns that end up in their country. Now, does that mean that no gun has ever made it across the border illegally? I can't say that that's, you know, hasn't happened. Maybe happening right now as we speak. But it doesn't seem to be the same kind of problem. Maybe because of the fact that they don't have billion, trillion dollar drug cartels on that side of the border right. that are dictating this type of activity. So, again, I bring up the fact that this has nothing to do with law-abiding citizens and law-abiding products that are made for law-abiding citizens. They're the looking criminals. for America to come in and fix their problem. By With what? With start, money? Yeah. With, I mean, or, you know, or, or, you know what you need to do? If you listen to the talking points on this, and then you held up a Democrat talking points <laughs> on the same side, what is it that they want? I mean, if you look at it, you go, well, you want security. Well, you just, know, you want the right, microchips or whatever. You're just trying to wind me up, aren't you? And you want traceability. So that means they want registration. They want to be able to trace the gun back. Well, here's the smart thing, uh, Mexico, if you're listening across the Gulf. As Mike pointed out, if you look, there's a series of numbers on there that are stamped on the side of the firearm. Chances are you could call Colt, Smith & Wesson, Barrett, Beretta, Glock, give them that serial number, and start the hunt there. Where did you send that gun to? Where did it go? Well, oh, it went, you mean as somebody that works at a firearms counter at a store? That when was it made? Have right. people fill out a forty-four seventy or forty-four seventy-three? Forty-four seventy-three and register. Here's what they can do: they can go to Beretta and say, uh, "When was this gun manufactured? Uh, Two thousand twelve, June." Blah 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 blah. Where did the gun go after that? Well, it went to RSR, and you know, went to a distributor. Okay, where did it go from there? Uh, then it went to uh, G5 Feeding Outdoor. Okay. And then so now they have to contact G5 Feeding Outdoor because it's in Florida and we are not required to carry any sort of list or any registration in the state of Florida. So you'd have to go to the gun shop and say, as a law enforcement agency, say, I'm looking for a 4473 for this particular gun bought on this particular day. This is when the background check was kind of run on it. Can you give me more information on it? That's the only way that they can track down that firearm. And if it gets to Mike, and Mike goes, well, dude, I sold that thing off to my brother-in-law. Then hmm. you go to the brother-in-law, and you go, well, uh, where's the gun? He goes, I got stolen out of my truck like two years ago. Right. And they go, you didn't report it? And you go, eh, I didn't think so. I think my uh, nephew might have taken it, so I didn't want to get the guy in trouble. They go talk to the nephew, and the nephew goes, I didn't take the gun. End of story. Right. And that's where it goes from there. So... For them to be able to go and try to do this traceability, unless there is a log kept in all 50 states from where that gun and where it changed and where it hand it went to and where it went to and how it ended up down in Mexico, it's never going to happen. Never. Never going to happen. How, Not unless they're going to run out of money first. How about we just go back exactly. to the whole thing That's what's that happen. we've said the whole time? Bad people are going to do bad things. Doesn't matter. And you're not changing it. You're not going to change them. Whether it be, as you've said before, with gasoline, with vehicles, with guns, with hammers. Fertilizer. With, <laughs> Fertilizer. Uh, Diesel I, fuel. I mean. I mean, pick your pick. 
It doesn't matter. It, just take your pick. If they want to get the job done, they're going to get the job done. Talking with this individual back and forth on uh, via email, he came to the same conclusion I did. It sounds to me like this is a way that they can work hand-in-hand hand, uh, with the Democrats and the elected officials to usher in some more things because now we're not doing it just for the citizens yeah, of the United States. Yeah, because now we can't say now what we want. Now we're doing it for other countries as well. Well, we can't say what we want and be honest, so we have to do nefarious backdoor bullcrap to get, you know. Like I said before, somebody's getting their hand patted. I wonder if Mexico filed a lawsuit against China for all their grenades and AKs that show up uh, down in Mexico somehow, some way. From across the ocean. Really? They're going to go broke. I don't know. All right. You decide. If you want to talk about it, you can. Hour number two is right around the corner. The Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. <laughs> 